to down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 71 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name is always at nauseam is Adam Camilleri. I'm sure you've all had enough of me by now, but too bad, so sad. You're listening to me. Strap yourselves in. Got like 45 to 50 minutes more of this goodness. And I'm joined by two really auspicious gentlemen, one of which was on for the very first episode of this podcast. He helped me get all of this started. Mr. Nick Nanavati, welcome, mate. Hey, Adam. Always a pleasure coming back on. How are you doing? Doing really, really, really well. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. This, is just a, this will be coming out just after the Thanksgiving weekend. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the States, wherever else you may celebrate it. My other, the other guest joining us today is my man, my mate, the Plague Hulk himself, Mr. Matt Morisoli. Hello, brother. G'day, Adam. Glad to be uh, back on talking some uh, some cool 40K stuff with you. That's right. We're doing a brand new episode, a brand new series of episodes that I'm going to be doing on the show kind of every three to six months. It's called State of the Super Faction. And of course, you know, it's all in the name. We're going to be doing a, a kind of a health checkup and a the journey of a super faction through the game so far. We're starting off with Chaos for this one because Chaos are much maligned at the moment. They're the one that kind of needs the prognosis, the, the pulse check, so to speak, doing the, the physical on the super faction. And so we're going to be talking about where they're sitting right now, their journey in, this, in, in the edition so far, what they've got going for them, the good and bad things for them going into the meta at the moment, talking about some of the best archetypes you can do for Chaos Soup, Demons, T-Suns, Death Guard. It's going to be pretty comprehensive, but from a, a top-down approach. Now, for those people who don't know, or well, this may be your first time tuning into the Art of War Down Under, we are a two-part two podcast. First part coming out for you guys, lovingly created by myself and Seamus Ronan, at Tuesdays at 5 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. But this is not all that Art of War does. Art of War and the Competitive 40K Network is a conglomerate of three amazing podcasts that all have part twos as well. And you can find the part twos of all those over on the theartofwar40k.com where you can purchase this part two and the part two of all the other ones, the venerable, the amazing flagship Art of War, Vanilla, and also the amazing Blake Law Art of War Unbroken. So jump over to the podcast, get involved in part two, get involved in the war room as well. There's this hand pass over Nick Nardavati. What is the war room? Tell us a little bit about it. The War Room is where we have a community of all of our coaches and all of our subscribers, and we focus on teaching all the aspects of 40K. So we do coaching clinics, faction clinics, know thy enemy sessions so we can teach you how to beat stuff, meta Mondays and strategy sessions, so much more. And it's basically a huge community of like-minded individuals trying to get better at 40K. It is amazing. at our website, theartofwar40k.com. And the other gentleman who joins us today, Mr. Matt Marasoli, is one of those coaches. And I know for a fact he's found it quite an enlightening and rewarding experience. So jumping straight into this goodness, gentlemen, I'll hit it over to Matt first. Um, because, well, you're on here because you won like the biggest like ninth edition event in Australia, wielding chaos at the start of this edition. Tell us about the story for chaos thus far. Say, you know, we're, uh, we're a year, what, 14 months into ninth edition? Yeah, something like that. Um Look, I, I think the start of the edition when we were playing, I, I, I suppose, with all the old rules, it was pretty rough to write what I thought was a a good chaos list. Now, the, the the releases along the way have done a lot to help them. I really think the biggest one was the uh, the chapter approved points change roughly this time last year, where we got a whole lot of points drops and you know little tweaks and changes, and that really let that list that I played at uh, at Uprising at the start of this year perform really really well. 
Uh, I think that the Chaos Army itself is is quite solid. There's a lot of really good things there. The, the problem in my mind with it is just the meta around it has evolved in a way where the the faction as a whole doesn't have all of the tools to do what armies like Drakari and Grey Knights can do as a package. You've got durability and you know some really great units in armies like you know factions like Death Guard, and you've got mobility and I suppose the Alpha Strike and things like Empress Children. You've got psychic dominance in in factions like Thousand Sons, but bringing them together doesn't really work the way that it used to. So in terms of where we're sitting right now, I think that the armies are all they're, they're great at doing one or two things, but it's not a complete package. Uh, and yeah, that's Very just well why, why it's struggling to compete, right? Like that's probably why it's not competing with Drakari that do everything, with Grey Knights that play in all phases of the game. That's my biggest sort of gripe with where we're at with Chaos right now. Fair enough. Well, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You can join us again. <laughs> no, Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, so the, the story for Chaos so far, where did they start off in this edition? What's the middle been like and where do they sit as things stand? Yeah, I mean, Chaos is certainly showing their age and I, I agree with that, Matt that they aren't going to be able to compete fully on the top tables versus Drakari and Grey Knights, but I think they're actually in a pretty decent spot versus a pretty large portion of the game, believe it or not. And that's basically because they have gotten those points drops that Matt was talking about earlier. That's really helped them out a lot. And that's the false everyone, I think, is it quite a buff. Like, that Chaos actually hits hard. The durability in the game has gone up a lot over the course of time. Marines just getting an extra one. Rest in peace, Chaos. But um, because everyone's getting more durable, like, things just have three wounds. Thick City is a fact, is an army archetype now. I think having more offense kind of brings you in, the, in line with, like, Space Wolves, for example, as like an army that hits really hard. And they hit hard enough, so do you. you. You can work with that at least. Yeah, exactly. Right now, the points changes that Matt's talking about that happened uh, about this time last year, that was, I think, most notably was the Terminators going down, yeah? And that really gave legs to the Alpha Strike-y kind of... Um, you know, coming in from reserve, or, or it's actually more of a beta strike at the time, I believe, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a turn one play, it was a turn two and turn three play. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, it was both the Terminators dropping some points and also the Lightning Claws becoming free. Yeah. The Lightning Claws used to be a five-point upgrade as well. So across a squad of 10 guys, you've saved four points a model, I think, on the base Terminator. It might have been three, uh, and then five on the Lightning Claw as well. So that unit went down like 80 points. It was, um, it was and, crazy, yeah. Yeah, and I believe this is right around the time when... You know, there was so many things Lightning Claws were really efficient at killing. Like, the most durable thing in the game back then were things like uh, like, like Space Marine bodies with Storm Shields. And it's like, well, that's cool because they've got transhuman physiology and they can get wounded on force. But I'm going to wound you on force anyway. And I have natural full rerolls that doesn't require a CP investment. So at that point yeah. in time, the start of the year, those Terminators were so efficient at killing, you know, all of the tough things to kill in the army. Like, the army that I was running was a couple of greater demons, Terminators, and then some Beast of Durgle for board control. And it was great because you had like this one-two punch with you know, the greater demons coming in and the Terminators coming in to support them. But now the problem is that doesn't actually kill what's in the game. That stuff goes in, it kills some of it, but then it's dead. And then the other stronger armies in the meta still have stuff left to come and play the game. And you're sort of running around with a few bits and pieces of units. Yeah, so what happens now is your Terminators come down and they kill a raider. Um, you know, and then maybe they shoot twice and kill the contents of a single raider. And cool, the guy's got six more raiders or the equivalent of that kind of thing. Or the opposite is, is the case. You come down and you kill one Deathwing Terminator and the guy doesn't care. You do, he just reses the Terminator and all of a sudden you've let him get closer to you. Um, 
Nick, um, as it stands with uh, chaos back then, what's the middle journey been like? Because there was a big peak around when, when the, the, I suppose the greater demons came to the fore, the Terminators came in to be their kind of, uh, I guess, so to speak, their uh, enabler, because the Terminators and things like the, the Noise Marines and the, and the Bikes came in and cleared all the way for the Keepers of Secrets. Tell a little bit about the journey of demons, because certainly Psychic Awakening came out and it gave demons and greater demons a huge new lease on life. How are they sitting? Yeah, I think they, they definitely did all those exalted rewards getting giving the greater demons buffs. You got saw a lot of keeper lists coming out. People came up with the unkillable order change for a while. That was pretty popular. Uh, you could take him plus a ton of beasts of Nurgle, as I know Matt was running for some time. Um, that's a really tough core. I played against like the 24, 27 beasts of Nurgle armies. Those were so hard to kill. It's infuriating. Um they, all of that still exists. You can still run it. It's just got some problems um, with certain builds, especially armies that can just play the mission around it, um, or some of the very oppressive firepower we had been seeing out of like Admech or Ultramarines or something like that. But like right now, um, I think that if the army is going, in, if the game is going to like this durable kind of thick city style, thick city can't really kill twenty seven beasts of Nurgle. You might be able to get away with playing something like that pretty well, effectively into certain styles of Dark Eldar. You know, yeah, that I is cyclical like that. Well, it is. It feels like we've come back to a time shortly after uh, like chaos became pretty dominant. Like we've been talking about this. Like we went through this big kind of eight month period of of Drakari being the polarizing effect in the meta. E.g., if you don't play MSU, you just lose. Um, and now we're coming back to you know where we were with Greater Demons, Deathwing. Death Guard being the two, the three, three of the biggest players in the meta, but where those have been replaced by, you know, Grey Knights with with uh, Dread Knights, Orcs with buggies to some extent recently, um, and then of course uh, Thick City with the Kronos and Talos. Um, I put it to you that um, Beasts of Nurgle, uh, the, the reason that they're not as good is because things like buzz, buggies and Talos and Kronos exist. They have the same, you know, essential doubling, tripling down damage reduction or damage mitigation durability buffs, but the thing is, Beasts of Nurgle don't kill a damn thing. Buggies and Talos and Cronus absolutely wreck face at the same time as having all the durability. And that's really the difference, isn't it? We have units here that just get to do more. Yeah, well, look, I think you can't underestimate how good the heroic intervention on Beasts of Nurgle is. It actually it's means true. they can be your objective holders. You know, if I'm playing against Drakari, my opponent can't just run five racks at my objective and sit them there and be like, haha, I stole your objective, because they're going to get heroically intervened on. And look, Five beasts are not guaranteed to kill five racks, but you know it's also not wildly unmath for you to do that either. So your opponent, like if, if I'm playing a really high level game, if Nick and I are playing a game and I'm playing beasts and he's playing racks, he can't rely on putting five racks on my objective and taking those primary points off me. You can't rely on that play. So I think the beasts of Nurgle. Look, I, I'm a huge advocate for beasts. I've been talking about how good they are for literally forever. Um, so I'm going to always make my case for beasts, but I think. That, <laughs> That, that's one thing, I suppose, that differentiates them from the other durable units. Now, that being said, Telos shoot, Telos fight really well, Telos have good strats, advance and charge, fly. Like, that, Telos and beasts are not the same thing, but they still do have you know, some stuff going for the beasts, I reckon. So, transitioning back over to Nick. So, we've talked about um, the kind of the the things that they got going for them. As well, actually, there's one archetype for demons we forgot about because Nurglings were absolutely obnoxious at the start of this edition, right? I, I think splitting horrors, forget Nurglings. Nurglings, that's that true. whole, like, max Nurgling thing lasted, like, two weeks in the beginning of the edition. I'm oh, but no, no it, wasn't, it wasn't max. It was, like, six units of three or, like, four units oh, of yeah. five. I mean, you and you're just like, oh, my like, God. They are tough to kill. They infiltrate in their obsec. Like, that's none of that is bad. And I'm never going to tell you taking that is going to be bad. 
So, like, sure, run 16 and slay Nerglings. I think that's perfectly fine competitively. Um, but big splitting horrors, I think we should have touched on. I do Tough, think yeah. that's actually worth mentioning. Like, that's pretty good. You split a big horror squad, and not a lot of things can kill it if you play it well. Uh, there are things that can just, like, pour the wounds on it, though, and that's why I don't think it's made the top tables against anybody, because, like, some things do just rip it apart. But that's the thing, like, it, it became a relevant thing when the, the meta pivoted so hard in MSU, right? Because then, then all of a sudden, everyone's stripping back all the things that could just do, like, here's 80 strength 4 hits, you know? Uh, we lost those things from the from the competitive lexicon for a while. And so, yeah, the Splitting Horrors actually was a really good play, Matt. Yeah, yeah. look, the Splitting Horrors are actually really good into Drakari, funny enough. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the invuln on everything, uh, the obsec, it's, it's, it's actually really good. I actually think with... um. With Disciples of Valakor, you know, coming out, and I guess that's probably something that's worth talking about at some point. Where that update kind of feels like it's really, really waiting for the Cast Space Red and Cast Steven Codexes to to come out Activate. to feel the full yeah. impact of how good that supplement's going to be. But the Disciples of Valakor adds a really, you know, a really big dimension to that splitting horror build. I know the only time I really saw it being played was early on as well, and no one's really played it with the Disciples rules. But having the Locus, you know, having access to some of those powers, having access to, uh, you know, teleporting the units around with the Disciples of Bellacore power. Like, look, I think there's a lot of play in that as well. I also think it's really tricky to play. I think Nick's pretty spot on, but there's stuff that's just going to kill it. And if you're going to go to like a super major, like an eight round event, you know, like an LVO, a nine round event, like an LVO, you're, just, you're so likely to run into something that's going to be a problem for you. And when your army's built on a gimmick, uh, it only takes a few things to go wrong for the army to just fall apart completely. Well, and that's, you, you, you put the, you hit the nail on the head right there. I feel like chaos in a lot of ways. If you're not playing uh, DG or T Suns, you're very much relying on X Y Z gimmick. It's, it's almost like a pick your gimmick um, faction. Well, what do you guys think about that statement? Uh, yeah, to a degree, I think they they're a very combo oriented, like look deep and combine a bunch of different stuff kind of codex. So whichever combination of things you go for is kind of going to be gimmicky by nature of how it's constructed. But that's because we have all these ancient books and they just work together yeah. like that. Well, and in saying that, there's one last piece of this puzzle we, to set the proper stage for chaos before we move on, and that is the incredible, and I'm going to say this, absolutely phenomenal rule sets that Chaos Space Marines got out of Psychic Awakening that has been wholly untapped because the data sheets they apply to are utter garbage. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, boys. No, I, I agree with that. I've, I, Mark and I were having this conversation yesterday at Thanksgiving because that's what we do on Thanksgiving, is um, we were saying that Chaos just has terrible data sheets, but they have amazing rules, like, across the board. They really do. Like, I feel, I almost feel like you can safely say they got, the Chaos Space Marines got the best rules out of Psychic Awakening, and yet they've made relatively small impacts. Like, apart from the Empress Children ones, the Empress Children ones have had longevity, and some Iron Warriors as well, but the Night Lord stuff's amazing. The um, Even so, a, a lot of the Word Bearer stuff, we actually, oh, sorry, we actually did see some of the Word Bearer stuff at the same event that that, that Matt won in Uprising. There was um, Liam Hackett playing, was it 60 or 80 Word Bearers possessed? Yeah, it was 60. Um, and look, that you, you're spot on. I genuinely think if that Psychic Awakening book came out again today and we didn't know, like we, we had no prior knowledge of these rules, we'd look at this and we'd say, wow, this is great. But you're absolutely right. The data sheets just, they, they don't lend themselves well to all those rules. Like Alpha Legion stuff is great. There's so many janky Amazing. tricks in the Alpha Legion thing. Like, you know, Empress Children, obviously so many fantastic rules in there, but you're right. Like, Word bearers, Night Lords. I, I took Night Lords to 2018 LVO, 2019 LVO, and that was great. Like, Night Lords are fantastic. There's, there's so many cool rules in there, but just the data sheets don't quite let you bring 
all that power to bear uh, the way that I suppose they would have when that was first released. I remember when it first came out, those you know, those data sheets were still okay. You know, those those units were still fine. You could play that army, but they just haven't kept up. And you're right; you can really feel like it's an aging, you know, an aging faction for the vanilla well, CS. Matt, you went to you went to LVO 2019 playing with those Psychic Awakening rules. It's almost LVO is what a month, two months away. So they're they're two they're two months off being two years two years old those rules like you, it's it's crazy to see how far they've been left behind fifth or sixth edition like fifth or sixth edition like ah oh, that's still a fresh book you know <laughs> it's two years old um, and now wow the things just move so quickly um, but yeah so yeah, all that man some of the night law stuff you used to do to me Matt where you'd have that um the guy who gets the plus attacks when he charges out of terrain or whatever it is and you picked up like seven or eight Catafron destroyers or sorry breaches in one turn with the one dude with the one really cheap smash captain just with a jump pack and a thunder hammer that stuff is obnoxious and yet we don't see it yeah you can't quite do it anymore but i did have the uh the 95 point chaos lord killed two uh two different repulsor executioners at that lvr it was fantastic <laughs> uh, i had two opponents who were very very upset when that happened but it was great <laughs> Exactly right. Now, jumping over, transitioning to the next dot point here on our list, where are they at currently? So give us a little bit of a synopsis of the last kind of two or three months for the Chaos Super Faction, Nick. Where are they sitting right now um, overall, kind of competitively? What do they have going for them? Yeah. Well, in recent history, uh, I'm talking the last two or three months, like you said, basically they got two things. They got um, Thousand Sons of the Codex came out, which... Um, Made like I think splashing a sorcerer into a chaos soup army a little bit worse. They also lost warp time and, and impressions across different chapters. Uh, you have to your chapters have to match now your legions do. So that is another nerf because you can't really get reliable warp time on most combat factions. These were nerfs. The chaos don't I don't know why they got, but they got them. Um, but Thousand Sons the Codex came out, which gives you a whole bunch of new options and build styles. And we're seeing a lot of success um, with Thousand Sons. Not winning super majors or anything like that, but doing well typically. Um, I know Leon Hackett has been doing pretty well with them. I think he's on an undefeated streak right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. But um, I think there's real potential there. I have not personally seen the success myself in real life, but um, you know, enough people do well with something. It's got to be there. I just haven't seen it myself. And then separate from that, the debts, the false, everyone thing, I, like I was saying, I think there is opportunity there for you to build like a real chaos space marine list. I was trying to think of what you could combine it with, but something like Emperor's Children, because they can get there very reliably. Black Legion, if you can deal with the fact that you're kind of slow, they hit so hard because their Warlord tree is exploding fives and you get access yeah. to Abaddon. Um, there's some really cool stuff you can do too. Yeah, it, it just feels like the, um, the chaos playbook just uh it's like what happened to Drakari, yeah the chaos playbook never gets more linearly powerful straight up from any of these buffs it just gets shifted and it gets shifted and shifted and shifted and it's really weird like it's almost like they're giving you a new shiny thing but it's just a different color of the same shiny thing they gave you two months ago three months ago uh, because I, I do believe without getting extra wounds and all those extra things that just those quality of life improvements none of this stuff is crazy relevant and yet it's very worth unpacking because a lot of the rules are incredibly amazing like the disciples of bellicor stuff like what matt said um without co even without context of what cs what the csm book will be what the demons book will be you can look at that and be like this thing has potential right matt yeah man 100 like again we did we did the review you and i did the review of this, yeah. this podcast yeah. for that book and the stuff it feels really really good until you try to write a list with it and it, you know, it's exactly the same as the psychic awakening book the rules are really good, 
but functionally it's really hard to bring it to bear in an effective way. So like you, you look at this, you're like, this locus is great for a defensive army. You know, this it's fantastic in a meta where durability is really important. But Be- beasts of Nurgle, you know, with, with these defensive buffs, they can get a great bloodletters not having to pay to be in deep strike because I can shadow uh, shrouded step them across the board and charge. Doing that turn one, it's it's really really good. But the problem is that bloodletters don't really kill anything anymore. Like bloodletters are great for going and stealing an objective off your opponent. Like it's fantastic if your opponent picks banners and you want to go and you know put a unit of twenty guys across three objectives so they can't you know, raise any banners. That's fantastic. But the bloodletters are T three guys with a five plus save. They're just going to die. Uh, you don't really get all the value that you should be getting out of those powers in that book because the demon book is so outdated. And I honestly, I think that demons are probably the worst for this outside of the greater demons. I think that demons show their age as a book much, much more than everything else because there are so few viable units. Um, I, I don't know. I could count on one hand the number of viable units in a competitive army from Chaos Demons outside of you know the Keeper and the Lord of Change. I, I reckon there's less than five. I think there's less than five as well. I think literally it's like Nurglings and Furies, and I, I struggle past that. Um, yeah. What do you? What do you? Okay. Exercise, Nick. Nurglings and Furies outside outside the Greater Demons. Give us give us another one, another competitive choice. I, I would absolutely add Horrors and Beast and Nurgle to that list. I think those yep. are actually yep. auto takes. Still haven't um, made five. I can get there. Um, <laughs> the contorted epitome. You can build around her. She's still good. Um, she's yeah. trapping people she's in combat. She's way too many. It doesn't points, matter. She's really expensive. Like she's she does something unique. So if you build around it, it's worth whatever it's worth. You know. Well, we made it to five guys. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't agree with the epitome, but I agree with the oh. rest. I agree oh. with the rest. I agree with the rest. Yeah, <laughs> epitome is just too too damn expensive. But I agree. Oh. If you're playing mono demons, you know you don't have anywhere else to go really. I uh, so yeah. Sorry. Um, there's an interesting parallel to be made with nids and uh, CSM and demons, I believe. Um, at, at least, but only, only because, like, you know, T-Sons of Death Guard have their books. Um, because we saw what an outdated book, a purely outdated book, like Nids was outdated, this, and the same parallels with very good stratagems, some some decent bits and pieces, very bad data sheets. Look at what they're able to do now with one single supplement. Um, it's actually quite quite insane. And this is because I think there's, a, there's an interesting thing to note about especially Chaos Space Marines, they're one of the last bastions of the double activations. They actually have so many more double activations than the sum of their parts than, and just about anyone else in the game, bar, I think, Nids and maybe um, Craftlord Eldar. What do you guys think about that? Um, so I, I think Nids, again, I understand the parallel you're trying to make. I think that Nids are really the beneficiary of the meta changing more than their specific update because... That's fair. If, if that list with all the planes, the Orc planes and all the rocket trucks is still around... I don't think Nids gets anywhere near you know the level of hype that's been built around them in the last couple of weeks because the Hive Guard just died to nine rocket trucks and the entire army dies to the planes and it doesn't even matter. Honestly, I, I think that Tyranids are more honestly the, the beneficiary of the meta changing around them than their changes themselves. That being said, the changes do increase the damage output of small units. That means that Gene Steelers become worth their price when you can stack these buffs on them and make them more killy. It means that Hive Guard become more valuable because Ian, you can stack these buffs on, make them more killy. And they're killy in the right way. They're killy into the right sort of things that are in the meta. CSM, you don't have board control. You don't have board control the way that Gene Stealers can double move, charge something, actually murder it with all these strats, then overrun and 
take the board like that. Yeah, and retain their value. They're not just a throwaway unit. You get to retain the value, which is huge. Um, and, and you're right. So the, the like uh, you put a gene stealer and uh, you put a gene stealer and a devil gaunt together, and you get something similar to what an Empress Children Terminator is, right? I mean, barring the two plus armor save, but as for the amount of attacks in combat and the amount of shots, it's quite comparable, isn't it? Uh, I, I would say that the the gene stealer is better in combat, to be honest. I, I, I think yeah. I think I think the buffs that you can layer on them that is is really what makes them valuable here, and they're offset. Uh, so honestly, I think it's a perfect storm, man. I think it's a perfect storm of the meta changing at the same time. Uh, these units in Tyranids being a bit overcosted, but still good at what they do, and then having these added rules on top that push them a little bit over the edge to the point where they're actually good now, and that their apex predator has just been eliminated from the sea, and now they're kind of like good to go and, and good to fight with the big boys. I think that also, to, to piggyback off this, I think Tyranids have more options of play than Chaos. And I say that knowing Chaos has like five different codexes and 55 supplements. But the different variety of data sheets and what their data sheets can do in Tyranids is pretty unique to them. Chaos just simply cannot take 30 dudes that are obsec and move them 40 inches across the table. At the end of the day, that's really powerful. And Chaos just can't that do it. That is true. Yeah. There's a... There's a so... And it's almost like Hiveguard. Hiveguard are just an indirect fire platform that is super strong. Chaos just does not, no matter how many rules you stack onto Chaos, that doesn't exist for us. Exactly but, right. Otherwise, yeah, the parallel is, is really sound. Nids and Chaos do have similar styles. And the other thing is, is that um, right now, Nids is teetering on somewhat of a house of cards. Like as soon as they lose, lose um, you know, things like Metabolic Overdrive, things like possibly Swarm Lord uh, changing, possibly the double shoot going away, it's very comparable to say that. Chaos is, is teetering on a similar edge. If they lose a bunch of their double activations, you know, hopefully they will get enough buffs to make them make that not a death knell. But it is interesting to know that they're almost the things that you build around right now. Because for chaos, you build around shooting twice, you build around a warp time, you build around those things. It's almost going to like you just know there's going to be a fundamental paradigm shift coming. And it's an interesting thing that I've seen chaos players grapple with from time to time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I honestly think that the way the Chaos book is written now is actually lazy rules writing. I think all the power is in double activations or double move, double shoot, double fight. Um, and most of it lacks flavor. I think what Nick was saying just before about Nids having more options on how they play the game is really, really, uh, is very true because you look at it and there are a lot of CSM, a lot of demon units that all kind of do the exact same thing. Like, a demonette standing on an objective is the same as a plague bearer standing on the objective. It's the same as a fiend or, you know, one of the elites. They just stand there. They just have normal attacks. They don't really have any flavor. And the way that you get flavor in the CSM book is that you take some cool chapter, uh, sorry, uh, some cool uh, psychic awakening rules and you double activate or you have an aura buff. I, I think they need to bring more flavor into each of the individual units and let them act on their own rather than all relying on the same pool of stratagems that makes one unit type good, and then everyone hyper-optimizing for that one unit that sort of uses all these buffs the best. Uh, it just feels a bit lazy. It's it's old. It's an old book, right? It's a, yeah. It's an amalgamation of combos, right? And just rules and combos, stack, double stack, triple stack. It still it still feels really similar. Like remember how I kept saying that it's almost like they just keep changing the paradigm on you. Do you remember the start of Eighth Edition for um, Chaos when it was a cultist spam? It's almost like it's exactly the same. All the all the buffs and all the strats are exactly the same. You're just putting them on different units again and again and again and again and again. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts? No, I, I think Matt has spoken it perfectly. Like you, you even just summarized it yourself. You're taking the exact same buffs. You just make a unit move twice. You give plus one hit, plus one wound. Do all the stuff you can. Make a shoot twice and put it on the most efficient thing you can. And let it rip. And that's that is how Chaos Space Marines are 
designed to exist because all their power is in their strats and their data sheets are so bad. It's actually very similar to Eldar because like the Eldar army is kind of, you know, you have to factor in for the fact that it can just reroll the wound with Doom. So how do you balance that? Because the units have to be terrible unless they reroll the wound. Yes, exactly right. Um, and, you know, a guide means that, yeah, exactly, exactly the same reasons. Um, so we've covered, you know, best some of the best and worst things going from. We've covered what they do that is unique still in the game. How do they play into this current meta? And, we're, and, and I'm talking about this current meta as in, I believe we're going into more of a durability-placed meta. How do they function and you know, what are some of the bits and pieces that they have going for them into this? I'll go first again. Okay, um, I think it's obviously very different for which uh, which faction you play. Now, um, T-Suns, I, I think we all thought they were going to be this massive psychic powerhouse when they first came out. The, the Mortal Wounds fan build, I don't think, is all that good. I, I really think that Liam has found the, the secret source here, and that is just taking objective-secured bodies that are hard to kill and shoving them up the board, sitting on an objective and existing, playing your secondary, uh, you know, playing your mutate um, landscape, your stranglehold, staying alive, being on the primary, and being unexpectedly durable for your opponents. Death Guard kind of play in a very similar way. They don't reach out and touch you the same way that um, Thousand Suns do. They don't have warp time, but they do have pox walkers and indirect shooting and like some big, I guess, more scary beefier units. I, I, I'm a, a very big fan of the big Blight Lord brick. I used to hate it, and now I'm a, a big advocate for it. But uh, they kind of do the same thing. They just move up and they exist. Demons and Power Space Marines, look, you're playing, you're playing Alpha Strike. You're playing some sort of I do damage to you because if you try and play the board control game, you're just not going to win. Like, honestly, you just, you're not going to do what, the Telos army does better when the Telos army is also killing you. You're not going to do what you know some of these other you know like like the the orc list with the the um the death copters all the damage they do. You're not going to win the alpha strike game into things like that. So the reality is um you kind of just have to honestly. I, I think you take damage for demons and CSM and you send it and you hope that you end up four and <coughs> one. You know, sorry four and four and two five one. You, you just hope that you do well. But I think for Death Guard and T Suns, it's just about putting. Obsec models, durable models in the right place on the board, and looking to really use strats to, you know, steal an objective off your opponent to pull off some cool plays. Just get a little nudge ahead on the primary because both those armies play secondaries really, really well. Exactly let me right. Say, let me summarize that point you made into something a little bit more overall urging. So, like, Chaos can't keep up, right? That's the whole premise of the what we've time after like forty past forty minutes. We're just showing our age yeah. and our data sheets suck. And so and if we our, our stat lines like and like. our damage output isn't as good as our opponents, that's just the premise we're working with. So how else can we possibly win if it's not going to be on the killing war? Well, it's going to be on the mission war because that's the only other way to win, right? If we can't just kill them and worry about the scoreboard later, let's worry about the scoreboard now and try to do that. So. That's us, like playing a bunch of tough stuff, holding the objectives that way, stealing objectives, playing obsec things like the splitting horrors and nerglings. And that's and what Liam's doing is just taking rubrics that are really durable and obsec and shoving them on objectives because we can't win any other way as far as offense is concerned because the mortal wound build doesn't work like Adam Matt was saying. It's just, it's true. So basically, whenever you have the situation, any army, if it's Tau. Gene Circle, whatever. You know, you can't fight them on a damage output, so you have to fight them on whatever mission tools you can basically design into your list. Yeah, and that's a really great way of just nailing it down because, yeah, like I said, you can't go like for like. And I think Matt pointed that out really well. There's nothing that Chaos has that's going to go like for like into Talos or Buggies or help, even planes and 
like 20 man ranger bricks for god's sake there's just nothing like for like you can do there i, I want to tell you that noise marines are the solution and <laughs> some people will say that they're an option but the thing is there's nothing that you have that just won't evaporate like it, it's it's just an interesting place to be i believe so we're going to transition now and talking about some of the i suppose the best current competitive archetypes for most of the chaos space marine factions and um we already started off one matt already started us off talking about one of the, the best builds or the build arounds for death guard because they have a very similar build to what liam's been doing with t-suns they can leverage some of the, the same the same dynamics as in i can have durable good units sitting on objectives not always having obsec but um you guys able to throw out some some good pointers or good archetype options for death guard moving forward um cool so I, I think there are two ways to go with death guard i think it really depends on your meta and what you're most scared of if you're in a meta with a lot of tyranids you need to play the non-terminus version with the plague burst crawlers you, you need to win that indirect war because if your terminators are getting shot by hive guard for five turns you're going to lose the game uh so that army looks something like three plague burst crawlers uh, a big blight lord brick a couple of small death shroud bricks 60 pox walkers and then like characters and a, a few of the you know like maybe bloat drones if you've got points left i don't have this list off the top of my head but something like that the other option is if you're not really too scared of uh of hive guard is you can just play terminus est and play harbingers that army's actually really good into uh the telos army because you do so many mortal wounds you're not really too worried uh between the Foxwalkers getting the uh, the mortal wounds and the rerolls from uh, from Harbingers, as well as having the um, the Putrefy running around with uh, a brick of like ten Blight Lords, you actually fight and take the middle off them quite well. You have a lot of obsec. Uh, comparatively, I know that Richard Siegler's Drakari list has like forty racks or something in it. I, I'm running like twenty five in mine. I know sort of the numbers anywhere from fifteen to fifty racks in that army, but you've got more obsec than your opponent does. And they don't really want to shoot your Poxwalkers. They want to shoot your Terminators. So I feel like that army, uh, it kind of sucks in the Tyranids, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, that army can really take it to Drakari. It can take it to Grey Knights. You know, obviously Grey Knights have the five plus against the Mortal Wounds, but you can just dump so many in and, and just win. <laughs> the minus one damage on all the Terminators is great for Grey Knights. It's great for Drakari as well. Um, I think one of those two really as a meta call, depending on what people are playing around you, uh, is where I would go for Death Guard. Yeah, I feel like the Terminus S got a big lift out of the, the FAQ changes. Um, but Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think Matt pointed out the builds pretty spot on. I think the tried and true, when Death Guard came out, everyone was so fixated, myself included, on creating a list that could just do make your own secondary, sit on two objectives, be alive for the entire game and win that way. And basically you play your entire game trying to ignore your opponent. That worked back in the day because armies weren't as fast as they are now, weren't made as cheaply as they are now, and didn't have the offense as they do now. Admech, Drakari, now Knights, a lot of this stuff is just going to kill you. So you have to be way more proactive in solving it. So like Adam was saying, if you need indirect, take the Labor Scrawler version. Otherwise, you can actually do a lot with the Poxwalkers and Terminus Est. Love it, love it. Um, all right, jumping over to T-Suns. Now, um, I know we've talked about the Liam Hackett build, which I'm actually going to pull up for us really quickly but matt are you, you you've already given us a little bit of synopsis of this but um i suppose the rundown is it's only got ironman and an exalted sork and it's got four units of 10 rubrics a unit of 10 scarabacult terminators two units of spawn and two rhinos i think there might be something else in there as well because it doesn't feel like 2000 points but hell it might be <laughs> uh, yeah you have the spawn yeah yeah that, that, that's the list he's also been running just 30 scarabacult terminators recently as well because he's literally crazy well, because he's 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 a mega knob player and he's mega knobbing this this army yeah. now. <laughs> uh, 
So this army is literally, uh, like, honestly, you know why the rhinos are in this list? The rhinos are in this list to give the rubrics three inches of movement. That's That's it. The only reason they're in the list. And then Um, get in the way. They're also screens. This list can use some screens. Get in the way. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I guess they take up board space, right? And they hang out at the back and don't let you get deep struck on. But uh, honestly, it's take my objective secured unit, put Glamour and Weaver on it. So minus one to hit, four plus involved. Run it onto an objective. Uh, if you get shot at, pop minus one damage, live. Um, and mutate landscape, score my secondary points. You pump all of this damage into my rubric unit that's really hard to kill. You kill it, I'll do the same thing again next turn, and next turn, and next turn, and I beat you on the scoreboard. That's exactly how this army wants to play. Um, and it does a really good job of it. I think that people underestimate how hard the rubrics are to kill. Like, the defensive buffs really do add up. Obviously... You know, you can kill these things. It's not like it's impossible to kill the rubric marines. But, you know, if you don't, they're obsec, they're living, they're, I, I believe he's playing Cult of Times, so he's bringing guys back. Um, it's really frustrating to play against. I, I think this is better than any of the lists that I wrote for other Thousand Suns players earlier on in the edition because it approaches the game in the right way. I think that it was pretty obvious, like, early on people were playing the small rubric units, the one big Terminator brick, a couple of Volkite Dreads, um, spawn have always sort of been good, and then just characters to pump out mortal wounds. Uh, this army still gets a decent number of Cabal points, which means the Smites, you can always get the extra D3, you can always get the, can't deny my pres- uh, my, my warp time, my uh, uh, presage, whatever it's called now. Um, it just it does just enough to go and exist and score, and at the end of the day, you win the game by scoring more points than your opponent. doesn't matter if you kill nothing. Exactly right. Nick, what are your thoughts? So I I agree completely on that. This is the best version of uh, Thousand Suns that I've ever seen. You know, I've, I've tried the Mortal Wounds spam and it's just not there. I've tried some other stuff. It wasn't there. So Liam's put up results with this and I, I got to get respect to that. But at the same time, I don't think this is that good. I've, I've, I am a non-believer in this Thousand Suns list. It's been a, a back and forth battle between me and I think every single other Art of War coach except Jack. Jack's on my side. Thanks, Jack. Um... Uh, I here's let me just tell you why. Basically, I I agree it's tough to kill you, but minus one damage from shooting on them, minus one to hit, plus one envelope, it's tough to kill. But it really isn't that hard to kill in combat because minus one damage doesn't work, and there's a lot of lots of damage too in mass with like decent enough AP, and that just chops up rubric marines. Let's just go through incubi, grotesques, the triptych witch succubus, um, white scars, the faction. Sanguinary guard. Uh, yeah, I was about to say Grey Knights, the faction. Like Grey Knights, the <laughs> faction. Like, how do you play an army that's designed to walk onto the objectives, typically into charge range of the opponent, right? Because objectives, people are usually near those. And then not be good at surviving close combat. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Ask Liam. Yeah, ask Liam. Um, yeah, but... Uh, do, do, sorry, <laughs> sorry, really quickly. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Do you think the 30 Terminator version is better, Nick? Do you think 3 units of 10 Scarab Occults and 3 Contemptor Dreads is better than the 40 Rubrics 10 Terminators? No, I think it's a skew list and, yeah, and okay. it's got tons of problems, but I... Yeah, I, I like the so the reason one of the reasons I love the the way that the forty rubrics and the, the ten scarab occults is because you just have a single battalion and you can make one unit of scarab occults do the work of two units of scarab occults with enough CP every turn. Um, and in addition to that, you can make them 
they're, they're like they're what Deathwing Terminators wish they were from range. I mean, Deathwing Terminators are arguably probably better in combat because you can take the Thunder Storm Shields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but and the Lightning Claws. But from range, the double shooting on the on the whatever the Gatling crazy Gatling guns are, um, the Ren two on all the Storm Bolters, the the amount of buffs and just things. You just have this beautiful CP dump option that isn't really needed anywhere else apart from the minus one damage. You don't really have any other CPs you're going to throw on anything else. So you just get to dump as many CP as you want straight into the Scarab Occult every turn, and they just go absolutely ham. Now, the reason, so the reason I like Liam's build a lot, and I really do like the forty, um, the forty rubrics, is it just it just says on the thing, it's just like Liam's writing in his like uh, Doctor Scroll, my obsec units are better than your obsec units. Underline twice exclamation point. Um, and that's pretty much what he leverages to just win primary and get his auto his auto two or three secondaries, and he's just bang going to outscore you. Um, one of the key pet points I think in this list, uh, sorry, that gets overlooked is just how good the spawn are in T Suns. Um, when you get them the four plus in Von, when you can yeet them with um, the double move from from the new warp time, and they just they're just fearsome. They're just so hard to remove, and you can just really gum up a lot of, especially MSU armies, really don't have any way to pick them up in one turn, and then they get, because you've got so many CP, you interrupt it on, and they get to gobble up something themselves. It's actually a really quite nice addition. It's almost the explosive element added into this. I would love to see what a, te- what a triple max unit of spawn T-Suns list looks like on the table, but again, it's it's the same as a 30 Scarab Recall. It's just another skewed unit, but it would do the opposite of what um nick believes is the weak points here it would be like hey i'm actually just really scary in combat and if you ever come into me he's like 27 souped up crazy spawn for you you to to chew on let me in here let me in here i got something to say so when is this episode release this will be coming out this will be coming out on the monday so your 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 uh tuesday morning nick Perfect. Okay, so on Tuesday afternoon, so right after this episode releases, I will be playing Thousand Suns on live stream for you. I just changed our schedule, so that's <laughs> I'm going to play Thousand Suns. I need to figure out how this works. I love it. I love it. Yeah, please do. That'd be great. So yeah, as soon as you, as soon as people have stopped watching this, go over to the YouTube on Art of War, uh, Art of War on the YouTube channel. Watch Nick try and unpack and get his head around why I, uh, why myself and many others feel like this is the way forward for T Suns right now. In addition to that. It's a list that f- it feels good to collect, feels good to own, and you know, obviously does some really awesome things on the table. Um, but moving on, uh, jumping over to Demons, Matt, I know you were lamenting Demons at the start, but I'm hoping we can come together and coalesce into somewhat of a decent mono Demons archetype for people. Yep, so like I said, you're not going to keep up playing KG. You go damage, you hope you go first six games in a row. You run two or three keepers with Bellacore, you run the unkillable Lord of Change, you run some beasts, and you honestly run at your opponent. I, 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 I genuinely think it's the best way to go. Look, I've tried to write some you know, some weird, cagey, play the mission, demon and CSM lists. You and I played, Adam. We saw how well that went. It went awfully. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't really work. Uh, I think with demons, you just have to go damage. You have to go, I run at you, I charge you. To be fair, the keepers have gotten a lot better with most of the planes going away. Um, In addition yeah. to yeah, Drakari not being able to just uh, here's my five witches plus X X character, uh, which are uh, sub subtotal to be you know a third of your points, and oh, you look, you're dead. Um, yeah, well, well, look, yeah. the keepers will still die to um, the great enemy strat on literally any combat exactly Drakari right. unit, but I, I think you've just got to do it. I think that you know Bellacore plus a couple of keepers plus Lord of Change, and then. Few units of beasts. Uh, I like a couple of um, 
uh, what do you call it, a couple of fiends in there because they move 16. They're really good to go get engaged and things like that. That's that's pretty good too. I, I don't think it's really all that good, but I do think that if you're going to just yeet at your opponent, that's one way for you to try and play the mission. I just, I don't think, I think the cagey games you, you play and you lose slowly and it just really hurts. It's like a, a slow bleed out. At least it's, with the keepers, if you get shot off the board, you're dead in two turns and it's over or you charge them, it doesn't work. And then you're dead in two turns anyway, but you're not playing the slow bleed out, lose the game over five turns, feel really bad about it because you lost by 10, 15 points and it was somewhat close. Um, the It's it's like a, if you try and play cagey with demons, it's almost like impotence. Like you're just like, I just... I. I want to do things, and but I have to sit here because I'll get a better a better end result. Because that, that's the thing, right? You play demons, and you look at the scoreboard, and like, well, I'm going to lose this game, but I could lose this game with 50 points, or I could lose this game with 10 points if I if I do the the yeet play. And so I think I think there is like a sentiment amongst mono demon players that they're just kind of an acceptance around. I just need to sit here and just not die and spend all my all my things on warp surge and you know, whatnot. But Nick, what are your thoughts? I I have the opposite opinion. I think keepers are terrible. I think they're just like. I get I what you're this. saying. I love this. Just, I love it. I love I, it. You're I, at odds. I, I love it. Um, I would try a bunch of Beast and Nurgle and a bunch of Splitting Horrors, and it's mediocre compared to like the best armies in the game. Don't get me wrong. But you have a hilarious Grey Knight matchup, so that's a perk. And if you play it well, Splitting Horrors can let you flex your skill around. So um, it'll at least let you feel smart. And maybe you'll win because you outplayed people, and that's pretty rewarding. Um, I oh, would put it to you is that I feel like there is a place for like a, 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 play, a, a Bloodletter Bomb at the moment. Um, because I do like that you can send the keepers in uh, or send your stuff in turn one, turn two, and then really open a lane for like bloodletters to get into things like hive guards, get into things like devil gaunts, get into things like gene stealers, or even just a you know a couple of buggies fight twice, wrap another buggy. Like you, you can do some interesting stuff with them still. Yeah, the nib player is never going to let you do that. Like the, the that's best true. That's true. Hope, yeah, the best thing you can hope for is to spend two CP deep striking your big bloodletter units, one CP on the banner. Charge, fight something, three CP to fight twice, get in, <laughs> tag the hive guard, and then stop them from shooting anything but your blood letters for one turn. Then you're six CP down, plus yep. whatever exalted gifts you've got on your other stuff. Then you're six Holy CP crap. down, and you've stopped the one unit of hive guard from shooting for one turn, but the other the, unit of hive guard is still shooting you. That's kind of the, the, the fact that it's that. the fact that it's six CP to like make them feel good is just the worst the worst crap ever um, but, all right but i do agree I, I i agree though i actually think like blood letter bombs are okay you want small ones they're very good at playing the primary uh, they're very good at getting into your opponent's face pulling banners down they don't actually right. kill anything but they're very good at you know at, at doing that sort of thing so i think they're really good they're funnily enough they're actually not bad into the t-suns so it's a, it's a quite quite spicy you can oh, get it terrible no, this is let's move. We're moving on. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying, Nick, but you have nothing else that does this, though. You have nothing else that's obsec with a reliable charge. No, no, I, I'm being rude to bloodletters. I with they they have the role of stealing an objective, like correct, deep striking and taking an objective. But anything past that, taking the 30 man, doing fighting twice, wrapping people, all of that is terrible. Just they'd steal five that's primary fair. points and get you strangled slash engaged. That's what yeah. they do. Correct. Exactly right. All right. Moving on to Chaos Space Marines. And we'll start with Nick here. Where, where do people go? What are some decent archetypes? I think you lean... I've seen a few builds. I think there is a shooting Chaos build with like Abaddon and, or maybe Corrin with uh, the Crimson Crown and just taking the demon engines and shooting it like that. I hate that build because I think Chaos has never, and never, never been and never going to be the best shooting army. So you're bringing a really bad gun to a better gunfight. I think you're better off leaning into... 
a more MSU style with lots of Raptors, Warp Talon, Spawn, anything that's even kind of fast. Rhinos are pretty useful here. Run lots of five mans, give them like the, the Slanish banner or whatever you can so that they um, can get to the False Emperor on fives and just really do as much damage as you can in small little skirmish battles. And you have all these little infantry units running around that can do actions and try to just overwhelm your opponent in small nonsense, I think is a viable strategy for chaos because it all punches way above its weight class now. And you can just look at them as little torpedo missiles instead of um, like really, really like Vanguard vet squads that have no durability. So you can think of them, you get six of them. Yep. I'm imagining three units of Warp Towns, three units of Raptors. You could run Plague Marines if you're crazy, like Mark Perry. Um, Black Legion Plague Marines actually get Death to the False Emperor on their Plague Flails against everyone. And they have the old Plague Flails that have the 2d3 attacks for every attack or whatever. They're crazy, so that's not a bad call. Um, but you're, you're getting into weird Black Legion now, so I'll stop. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um... I think, like we said earlier, you're pretty much tied to gimmicks. Like, they're all pretty gimmicky lists. Uh, there's some cool stuff with Flawless Host where you get the other explodes, and that's pretty nice too. But Flawless Host doesn't really offer you very much outside of that, which is, you know, it, it kind of sucks. Um, I actually don't hate the Possessed list. I know the unit's really, really expensive, but um, you actually get decent durability. Very, very similar, honestly, to what we were talking about. Again, we keep bringing Liam up here, but what Liam was playing with the 60 Possessed and the... Uh, the Slanesh characters to give them advance and charge. I actually think that list is not terrible. Um, the durability is quite good. Uh, all the strats are quite good. You can go to two damage. Obviously, two damage kind of sucks into like Thick City, but it's 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 not bad into Grey Knights. Like yeah, you know, the plus one damage flat on all of the uh, the possessed is pretty cool. Um, you know, with a a good advance double move and charge, you can go charge four or five units of strikes with a big unit like that, and like and kill them all. You can charge. Probably kill two dread knights, I'd imagine, with um, you know, with all the right buffs in the right places. Um, so that list seems like it's okay to me. I I, I honestly think that you know, Empress Children stuff is probably still going to be the best. The reliable, yeah, deep strike charge with terminators, with things like the dread claws, it's probably the best thing for playing the mission. Again, I think that you kind of just have to send missiles, kind of like what Nick was saying, uh, just to do some damage and. You play the MSU style. I think that's probably going to be your best bet overall. Um, but CSM as a mono faction, it, it just feels really, really awkward trying to write a, you know, a coherent list. I, I, I there's a lot of play with taking Slanesh stuff and getting advanced and charge, like you know, the possessed, the the disco lords, things like that. But look, yeah. it, it, it's it's not very good. It, it, it's average at best, I think. No, that's fair. I think. Well, that's I, I think that's if people have been paying attention since the start. I think that's our kind of prognosis on chaos of superfaction overall it's kind of middling at best there are some interesting things that i feel like the empress children list do and it, it kind of joining the two your two uh archetypes you guys talked about there's a harassing thing there's a harassing element to uh csm that they can still do quite well they have the ability to take smaller units and by dint of psychic powers and strats make them better than the sum of their parts like you just take it, it can you take two melters and a color melter on three bikes or do you have five bikes to do that i can't remember you can do it on three too yeah yeah so if you had two units of three bikes with two melters and a combi melter you could send those out and like double through double shooting and a couple of other different things you could go and kill a chronos or, or sometimes even two for each one of those three mans and just do some really annoying stuff and this is the thing yeah it's like it's like i'm talking about annoying stuff but none of the stuff i'm just I, I, I will, i'll be talking about right now is going to translate into a bigger score line it's just going to be stuff to annoy your opponent you talk about people having devil gauntlet and, and uh and gene steel starting off the tape on the table 
a, a dreadclaw with nose marines or a, just a unit of five bikes that empress children redeploy go first move double move double shoot and then charge and you'll pick up you'll, you'll halve all the devil got units and pick up you know gene steals if you can get to them you know arguably mid players can have all the agency and not letting you get to them but the opportunity cost is there. You can do a lot with some of these smaller, more menial units. Um, and, and then, of course, the Terminators are just always good. And I feel like the Terminators, unfortunately, with the thick city, the, the durability-ness and some of the board control units, the, the Terminators might be dropping off. There's an interesting thing um, we should talk about with stuff like Chosen. Do you, I know, Matt, you're a bit of a... You're not hugely on the bandwagon of the Chosen, but you think they're respectable, yeah? Yeah. So I, I think to your point earlier, I think the stocks on Noise Marines have gone way down. I'm not sure if Nick yeah, agrees same. with me, but yeah. I, I feel like Noise Marines are just not as good as no, they I, were. I agree. There's so much minus one damage in the game. Yeah. They just don't do anything. No, that's, why said, I that's, why I, I, that's why I thought bikers were a better option now for the same strats. Um, um, but yeah. What I, yeah. What I actually like in the Dreadclaw is five Chosen, five Havocs. You double shit the Havocs with the Chain Cannons. You have 64 shots. It's pretty good with plus one to wound um, at killing just stuff. Like you play the Nid matchup, you can pick up you know thirty Gaunts with that. Yeah, it's pretty good. The chosen get out, they do their charge. Like it's 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 an expensive missile. It's it's what a hundred it's four hundred points, three hundred and twenty points for all of that. But it's not a bad missile. Um, I don't hate it. Uh, the chosen are just the same as Terminators with less durability and no shooting. But they get to come in turn one. Like if you're playing Empress Children, you're always going to have the Terminators. Like they're just. Yeah, even if you're in a meta where the Terminator's combat doesn't do much, you can just put Melthus on them, but they're cheap. Uh, but I really like the five chosen, five havocs in a drag claw. I think it's a really good utility pod. I think, yeah, I think it's a good, it's a really good package, and because it can just come down and just nuke a flank. If you, if, if if someone's got a weak flank, they could just come down and just decimate it. Um, there's also someone was talking about a similar thing with uh, termite, but termites can't come in turn one, can they? So it's not the same thing. That, that's the biggest thing that I think the Dreadclaw is better than the Termite for, just because you have Term 1. And also, like, if you make the charge with the Chosen without Honor the Prince, you can just Honor the Prince the uh, the Dreadclaw, and that's kind of cool. So, it is cool, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, explain Honor the Prince for people, though, by the way, because that's it's a it's a thing ma many people may not have come across because there are so few Chaos Space Marine players at the moment. They're all playing T-Suns and Death Guard for the most part. Um, but Honor the Prince is something that is really amazingly unique to Chaos Space Marines, and I think anybody who is playing Chaos Space Marines and you're not playing Honor the Prince as just... It's almost like the faction could be called Honor the Prince because it's that integral to everything you do. But yeah, unpack it for us a little bit, uh, Nick or Matt. Yeah, so um, this is a prime example of uh, the uh, the Psychic Awakening book having really great rules and not so great units to use it on. So Honor the Prince is after you've made a charge roll, which includes your re-roll if you fail your charge, uh, you can just turn one of the dice into a six for one CP. So basically, you're looking for a three uh, out of Deep Strike on two dice with a reroll if you need it. Uh, a lot of these armies will have Gaze of Fate as well, so you have a reroll without spending a CP, so that's pretty cool too. Um, it just it, it makes your charge super, super reliable. Exactly right. All right, now we've got two more factions we want to talk about. Now, quickly, we're going to talk about Bellicor, um, Cyphers of Bellicor, um, only really because I think there's... They're the best. Are they the best residents for the splitting horrors? Because then you have the splitting horrors that can then insulate like a shooting unit that you can just whatever is a, there's a power to make them untargetable behind the splitting horrors, who then get ultra frustrating. Nick, is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, taking Bellicor with your splitting horrors and Beast of Nurgle, I think that makes a lot of sense. You're just trying to lean into that durability aspect. If you're gonna go with that demon build, I think Bellicor is how you do it. Yeah. But what about? So I meant disciples of Bellicor, the the sub faction. That's that's what, what I'm you? talking about. Oh, of course. Apologies. What do you think for the rest oh, of the... Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You, 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 
that that I kind of called it demons earlier, but you could run it in demons or you could run it with Bellicor. Splitting the the Bellicor with the Chaos Space Marines, that whole thing. Uh, like Matt said, that we we're gonna see the power from that come into play when we get a new Chaos Space Marine or a new Demon book. Because right now it's like in Cassie's really awesome powers and like a Havoc squads. Like what the hell am I doing? Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, Matt, anything else to say to the opposite Bellicor? Uh, no, I, I think, again, the Shrouded Step Love Letters are pretty cool, kind of what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about stealing objectives. Um, I think there's even a case to be made for, like, two 10-man units with a banner just uh, Shrouded stepping up and going and stealing objectives, um, very much like what a lot of witches used to do out of raiders. You used to have five witches, five incubi in every raider, and you'd just run witches out of your raider and go and steal an objective off someone. Um, like Nick has already said, we're not allowed to speak like blood letters actually kill anything. So we'll just use them for what they're good at, which is getting essentially a free in inverted commas deep strike through shrouded step, charging, stopping your opponent, putting banners up, pulling banners down, stopping primary, you know, and getting engaged being, at the same and, and stranglehold at the same time. Exact, yeah, exact, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and for that, for that, like, what what are you paying for for ten blood letters with a banner? Right, it's not that expensive at all, is it? You had no. to pay the CP, which kind of sucks for the banner yes, to actually yeah. work. But other why than that, the, no, why it's is the banner? A, why is the banner a CP? I don't know. Whatever. It's chaos. Why is Deep Strike a CP? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're demons, and that's been the thing that you do that is special, like throughout their entire. Anyway, anyway, um, and last one, we're going to talk about Chaos Soup. Now, of course, when we talk about Chaos Soup, it, it, with with mono faction bonuses from T Suns and Death Guard, usually we'd say they're not a factor here, but I feel like T-Suns might be a thing you, would, you wouldn't you would mind seeing in your Chaos Soup list now, um, but it would just be like, you know, taking for certain powers or certain trees and just slotting bits and pieces in. Um, certainly wouldn't be the core. What do you guys think is the core of a good Chaos Soup list at the moment? You probably mix your demons with a Chaos Space Marine Legion of your choice because demons give you really good durability. I mean, relative to Chaos, you know. Um, and Chaos Marines give you like speed and some sort of offense the demons just otherwise don't have and then i really like the random foul blight spawn for no charging because i think nice. that's really useful yeah i think that's actually a really good really good hot take um solly what are your thoughts yeah uh mostly mostly agree. i think demon csm are the only ones that really pair together well anymore it feels bad to to bring like t suns in and then not have uh Cabal points have powers like you, you can't bring a T Sun Sorcerer in and use powers anymore. It just it doesn't really work. Um, so Demon Demon CSM. Look, I, I still think the best synergy is in the Slanesh Demon Advanced Charge Aura on Chaos Space Marine units with the with Demon keyword. So yeah, look honestly, Morphines aren't terrible for 140 points. Like in all honesty, they're, they're not that bad. Uh, Disco Lords are okay. Look. It's not the best army in the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to pitch this as the next, you know, major winning army. But, like, that's not bad. It gives you all this speed and this offensive threat that you don't really have anywhere else. Um, I also like just chucking Plague Burst Crawlers in another army. I like Plague Burst I was, Crawlers. Yeah, I was about to say, and, that was my next point. Beasts. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Plague, Plague Burst Crawlers and Beasts and, like, Unkillable Lord of Change is a really cool, really durable army that actually has some counterplay into Tyranids too. Like, the, the Crawlers are just really good, right? Like, they're just, it's yeah. just a good unit. I also oh, like yeah. sorry. Um, just I also like the uh the demon prince with the two plus save and the ignore AP one and two in that spearhead, and he can be a really good choice to um support the Lord of Change doing like psychic ritual or other psychic secondaries. He's just a really cool little slotting character who um doesn't really die, so he's uh he's interesting too. So that's the Death Guard demon prince with the separating plate, yeah. 
Yeah, separating plate and um, uh, the wall of trade. Yeah, ignore AP one and two. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Nick, what are your thoughts on Chaos Soup? No, I, I agree with pretty much what Matt was saying. I was going to piggyback with the idea that I don't usually build those types of armies that are just taking big, fast stuff and slamming them down your throat. But it, it is really fun, and it's really cool. Like, you could take three Molarfiends, three Disco Lords, and just run across the table your opponent, and then even supplement it more with, like, demons for more big stuff. Um, or that hulking physique dude with some blow drones. I think that's a totally viable build, and like Matt said, it's not going to go in the next US Open or CanCon or anything. It's going to going to do okay and you're going to have a great time fair 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 and yeah i think it was important to point out the the so pbcs sit in such a unique place in, in chaos because there's literally like what is there any other line of sight shooting like no line of sight shooting in in all the whole super faction no don't <laughs> never um, heard of it yeah, I, I, I'm going to piggyback off Nick's point, piggybacking off my point. I think if you're playing something like that, you know, Morlathine, Disco Lord Rush, you're resigning yourself to not winning the event. But I agree. It's very fun. And look, I, I, I can see people going like four and one, five and one with something like that, you know, getting getting smacked by Drakari or Grey Knights somewhere along the way. But like, man, that army that is actually cool. I, I really enjoy playing stuff like that every now and then because it's a bit mindless and it's just fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's not gonna it's it's not gonna win something. Now here's something that might win and might win big because there's one more faction that I've left to last and I've d- deliberately dodged it at all other inroads because Chaos Knights might just be a damn thing right now. Um, who wants to take it away? I saw some pretty cool Chaos Knight stuff this past weekend at the U.S. Open in Austin. Um, two different Chaos players, Matt Alley and I forget the other one. But uh, one was running 13 Armagers or Hellglaives or some combination of the two and the Moiraxes with Lightning Glocks. And then Matt, I think, was just running a clean nine Moiraxes and a Night Tyrant Castellan variation. So both of them went really far in this event. And um, I think that list is super real or that archetype is super real. Yeah, so you're saying the War, the war Dog and the Moirax, Moirax spam with one yeah, big knight should, should you want it? Yeah, tons of the War Dogs and it, they're just hyper-efficient. It's a profile that... Spam, you're spamming a profile, so at some point there's yeah. a critical mass your opponent can't kill anymore. And then the variation with the Knight Tyrant in there also was just like, how do you, where do you even start? Well, exactly right. And, and he's he's there because he's the CP dump, right? The same, same as the Scarab Occult unit was for, for Liam's list. The the Moiraxes and the War Dogs don't need a bunch of CP. I mean, the War Dogs on the charge can do can do some good work with a couple of CP. But um, the, otherwise, they just do what they do. But putting in that Tyrant in there firstly terrifies Thick City a lot quite a bit because you can just turn one i i can see three tie i can see three whatevers and cool i rolled well i killed them all um it's actually a bit of a thing people need to know about matt what are your thoughts on chaos knights and how they stand at things uh, we're obviously better than they were before um I, I, <laughs> there I, it I, is there is our take <laughs> <laughs> so go for it yeah this is why you sign up to coaching because i'll tell you all the uh all, all the great stuff um no I, I, I think the fact that they're, that they're objective secured now, uh, what it means is that you can stick the little knights on objectives and have them threatening to come charge your opponent the following turn. And if you've got the big knight, it actually makes your how, what I shoot decision really, really tough because it's now these knights are objective secured, so they are owning this objective. I can't just run five dudes over here and steal it off them. So I have to kill this knight if I want to take this objective but it sort of forces you to shoot the stuff that's close to you and not necessarily the stuff that you want to be shooting and killing. 
Uh, I just think what it does is it makes the game a little bit tougher for your opponent. It makes the target priority a bit tougher because, you know, these knights are now scoring points where they weren't scoring points before. I still think that the secondary choices are really, really hard for the knight players. And I think that's the biggest problem. I think the army is okay. The, you know, the defensive profiles are quite good. Um, they obviously do a lot of damage. They, they they play with Thick City and with Grey Knights pretty well. But the lack of secondary, I feel like a good Grey Knight player playing against Chaos Knights is always going to win because they've got Purifying Ritual. And they're just going to purify and they're going to win. The, a good Drakari player is going to pick her to the prey even if they don't want Stranglehold. And they're going to focus on killing the couple of knights that come at them each turn. And they're probably just going to win on secondary points. Uh, and that really, I think, is the biggest problem with with Chaos Knights. While they're obviously better, no faction secondary, I think, really hurts them. Yeah, it's the third pick that lets them down, right? Because they can always go, you know, um, uh, grind and stranglehold and then, or, you know, engage or, you know, they've got two good picks and then the third one you scratch your head on. Um, is there any good option there for the third one, Nick? Um, just knights in general struggle with this third one. I, I like to take grind them down or assassinate or no prisoners. Um, you'll give up something on one of those, you know, like it's not going to be a 15, but you got to be killing them to do something. Uh, grinding down is a bit risky, especially if you run lots of war dog list, but whatever you're playing knights at some point, you're trying to turn the corner and just run the damage over. Um, if you're not running the damage over, that sucks. Um, yeah, it's just it's rough because your opponent has the control over that secondary on you. There's an interesting thing um, that we've been saying about how greater demons have to play. They're forced to play a kind of an aggro-aggressive game, which is why Nick doesn't like them firstly because that's not how he likes to play and why we think there's a big hard ceiling on that. It feels like knights get to play get to actually play a KG game now if they want. I think that's the, the real big difference between them and other chaos lists. Um, they can just post up post up on you know three out of five objectives and be like well i'm just gonna win if you don't do anything they can yeah. really offer that I agree completely. Um, they gain the ability to just play the mission and that's uh, that completely yeah. changes that's a whole new dynamic to their strategy mm, it really just they, they get that stonewall ability i'm just gonna stonewall straight up and win by 10 points unless you you know go nuts at me um uh, in saying that are there any other archetypes we haven't seen uh, the, so the magueros of course do amazing things in the free blade lands they get so many more buffs on the imperial side um, over because they're just they've got just a whole another book worth of stuff on top of renegade stuff. But is the, uh, the can the Megaris pop off at all? Can we see a triple Megaria for for War Dog or Moirax list be any good? I'm sure it's fine. I, I just don't think it's better than the Imperial version. I think the Chaos version wants to run as many War Dogs as possible. Yep, hundred I mean, percent. Nick, Nick's spot on there. He is absolutely right. But the other thing to to remember about some of the stuff like the the Megara is getting the extra damage on the all the damage three guns just seems like it's going to be pay dividends into stuff like thick city right yeah like probably but you can like get that extra damage on every lightning lock also and that that's true but which doesn't matter damage. it goes from damage one to damage two back to damage one again yeah into the into the talus and grots i'm thinking the chronos to you but yeah i mean you'll true yeah so you know but those that flamer that damage four flamer that wounds the chronos on twos i mean it has yeah, no range, no, but, that, this will slap this will really yeah. slap i think you'll run thick city right over you know, yeah, like I, that's I, your goal in life. <laughs> well, that, that's right. Because I saw that's the only reason I was talking about the Megaris because I saw an opportunity then that they can be good into a meta list. And so, hell, I, might be I don't think that's a bad army at all. I really don't. Like three Majeras and four War Dogs is also very, very scary. I just think the the next War Dog list I saw in person, I thought it was quite threatening. Mm, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. I'm just trying to, yeah, throw another option out there. Anything, any last words solely before we give our final prognosis on the state of chaos? No, I think we've hit on. Getting everything pretty well here. Um, hmm. 
actually Pretty got complete. through a surprising amount of stuff in an hour. Good job, guys. Yeah, apparently we yeah, can well cover done, yeah. like 75 books in one hour. <laughs> Whole Super Factions lineage in, in ninth edition. Uh, and quite a bit of their 8th edition story as well. So, gentlemen, the what's... I'll start off with Nick. What's your overall prognosis? We're going to give him. We're going to go. We'll, we'll do a C to S. We'll do a C to S prognosis on the current state of the superfaction because it's the thing people know the most. Chaos as a superfaction. Um, well, they're not as good as the Imperial superfaction. Um, they're pretty cool though. I'm going to give them a solid B tier because I like them. Nice because I like him. Uh, well, so the worst super faction in the game is the C tier because there's only like four or five super factions, so it's only going to be one per tier essentially. Um, but Matt, where do you think Chaos resides? Well, it's not as good as Eldari just because Drakari exists. Um, it's not as good as Imperium. Um, it's probably not as good as Xenos either because Orcs exist, right? So, like, does that make it uh, C? Does that make it the worst one? Um, that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was trying to say B because I like him. Uh, why do you guys exactly. That's why I pointed out that Nick said because no. I like him. <laughs> no, no, you didn't have to answer. Tyranid super faction, right? Not <laughs> but, but the thing is, even, even orcs though. Orcs is Xenos in inverted commas. Like the, orcs are better than anything that I think Chaos can serve up right now. So like, I I, I think they're the worst. Like on, honestly, I, I think it's the worst super faction. The um, Necron Super Faction. They got nothing. We're C tier, but Necrons are D. So we're not the worst. There we go. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> C, but on a, a bigger sliding scale. You should have said GSC is worse. So, you know. Oh, they're part um, of the tier in its Super Faction. Because yeah. I Necrons, th- I think, we got Necrons. I think you can make an argument for them being B and Hive Mind being C. Because how good Tyranids are is so offset by how utter gutter trash GSC are. Um, Dude, the list like, that do well have Gene Sealer Colton. This, it's a I super know, I know. There's army. actually a metal list. They're actually a hive mind metal list. There's not a hive mind chaos list. Like, there's no, there's no meta chaos list. Is the issue at the moment? The difference is you can take eighty percent of good Nid stuff, twenty percent of trash Gene Sealer Colt stuff. What do you do with and make chaos it space list. Marines? Oh, of course, it is totally an hour trash. of actual intellect and dialogue. And now and we're going to argue stuff, over B or C tier for chaos. This is, this is the best part. <laughs> This is what is. people pay for. The semantics. <laughs> I, I think they're CT. I think Chaos, the Chaos Super Faction is the worst Super Faction in the game at the moment. That's right. I think Get on pe- board. I think they are. I'm sorry, Nick. Screw it. I, Baby I, was I, A tier. Mic drop. If it makes you feel any better, there are some A tier rules on F tier units. If that's, that, uh, that, you that's know, a great so way of we, saying we can, it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even kidding. There are genuinely some like there are genuinely some S tier rules. Would, would you agree, Nick? There are some rules. In, I do. I, I think that's that, we can sum up this whole episode in that. That's that's really honor that's the prince chaos. is an S plus tier rule. It's Man, it's incredible. All of Alpha Legion, literally all of Alpha Legion, is really good. Like I don't know when the last time you played a game with Alpha Legion was, Nick, but like the rules are still really good. It's just that the units are so shit. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's really so true. frustrating. Oh, it's so frustrating. Uh, do you know what I thought? See, I've, I've been expecting this from Chaos players for them to get absolutely up in arms about Devil Gaunts because how dare G-Dub let Chaos Cultists exist in another faction, right? <laughs> 8th edition Chaos Cultists are now tearing the Devil Gaunts. There are like so many parallels between those units. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, yeah. Yeah, it's I can't so be funny. mad at Tyranids though. I like Tyranids. They're I can't really be mad cool. at Tyranids either because I'm happy they've get, they're getting some time and getting some love. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> no, but it, 
it shows that GW didn't learn, you know? <laughs> I, here's, here's a crappy troops choice. We're going to give it nine layers of rules. And, you know, <laughs> surely they saw what happened last time they did that. Um, but anyway, gentlemen, on that note, we will wrap up this first. This is the first, you know, we started kind of at the bottom because I, I think Chaos needed some love, needed to get some content out there. And hopefully we've given you some hope because there are some awesome rules. There are some great plays. There are some pretty interesting and exciting archetypes, mostly, unfortunately, residing in the guys who've got new rules, the T-Suns, the Renegade Knights, the Death Guard. But, um, you know... I wanted to get I wanted to get this out before you know what G Dub said you know 2022 is going to be all about chaos so that we can do this in three or six months and be like oh my god the landscape has changed this is crazy this is amazing everybody get on board it's the chaos hype train is choo choo going straight over everybody's faces but gentlemen anything you'd like to plug or say before we wrap up yeah check out the yard of war it's pretty cool that's where this podcast is and also we'll be to all our other coaching content and all the other stuff you can check it out on our youtube channel we do a bunch of coaching games and coming up with all kinds of cool content for you if you like it then you can get the real stuff where matt will teach you how to get better at the game yeah what what mick said i'll i've saved all my my good chaos ideas for for you for for, for my loyal coaching clientele i've i've held back all my Fantastic yeah. chaos ideas from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. All the secret yeah. sources waiting for you. Um, the, the chaos, secretly A tier. Doctors hate him. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> love you, leave you. <laughs> Yeah, it has. All right. Love you, leave you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time and your brains. You guys enjoy the rest of your days. And we'll see you so from part two, guys, which you can be found at the Art of War40k.com over on Patreon, the Art of War Down Under. See you then. Take care. Good night. Say good night, gents. Bye. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.